start the audio in five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello and welcome to Uncommon Drops. My name's True, and today I'm joined by my good friend AJ. What's up? What's going on? The two of us are here today to talk about today's Xbox event and talk about all the announcements and all the things that they're going to be that they shared with us today. So, yeah, might as well get started. Am I right? Jump right in. Let's do it. That's the, the Xbox model, right? Jump in. Let's do it. So this was a really interesting event. This happened in Mexico City. I just kind of want to talk about this before we get into the details of it. But um, that the crowd was uh, very engaged, I feel like, throughout the conference. They were hyped. They were really excited. <laughs> they, hey, they, they made me want to be there. I was like, damn, like, I should have tried to make my way out there. That shit was hyped. <laughs> I, think, I think one of my favorite, annou- um, my favorite moments from the conference outside of the games and stuff was uh, the Kingdom Hearts director had uh, <laughs> told the crowd to... You know, calm down a little bit so we could announce uh, Calm game. down a little bit, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty good. That was cool. People were just excited, man. It was just cool to see the, the energy. And it didn't feel like, you know, like, it felt like genuine energy. It, was, it didn't feel like, you know, like that kind of, like, uh, that fake, like, you know, like, trying to get them to be excited. No, these people were, like, genuinely hyped to be there. And, like, fans of, you know, the Xbox and the community, the software heart, everything. So, like, to feel their energy kind of like added this extra level of like hypeness to all the announcements and stuff like that so it was just cool man and it looks like a like a good time and uh it definitely made you feel like you was you wanted to be there you know yeah and and i really liked the the studio setup did seem or yeah it seemed a little crowded in but it felt very it felt very cozy it looked like it felt very cozy all right so let's go ahead and hop right into this it was in mexico city and they announced a bunch of new games that are coming to Game Pass. They've announced two studios that they've picked up and just a bunch of extra details and some games that are becoming out to the Xbox. So let's go ahead and get started with the big news. The showstopper is that Microsoft Studios not only picked up Obsidian like they were rumored to be picking up, but they also surprisingly yep. picked up Inexile Studios or Inexile yep. Entertainment as well, which is kind of crazy. I don't know how... We can start with... I guess Obsidian, since it's something that's been in the news. So Obsidian is known for games such as uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2. And mm-hmm. most specifically, I think the biggest thing that they're known for is Fallout New Vegas, which a lot of people say is their yep. favorite Fallout game. The one that I'm probably the most familiar with, South Park The Stick of Truth. And then one of the more recent games, Pillars of Eternity. Yep. So what, yeah, man, what, this is this yeah. is one, you know... Yeah. Uh, go ahead, finish your thought. I was just going to ask you what your thoughts on it were, but it sounds like you're already hopping into it, so go ahead. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hyped, man. So, uh, you know, this is this has been rumored a while, and I think it, it, by by the time of the show, everyone pretty much knew, right? Like they're just kind of waiting on that official, like, yep, we 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 did get them. So, uh, that was just cool to get that like official announcement and feel the energy of the crowd, kind of getting hyped behind it. Um, and it's just incredible that you know, it, it, I mean, we knew they weren't done acquiring studios. I think Phil. Uh, around E3 was like, hey, we're, we're not done yet. You know, we're, we still got a couple more in the works. Uh, so it's just crazy, man, to see them get more studios, Obsidian. I think it, it's, when you look at the, the complete package, they have these studios that cover such a nice range of genres. And so today it was kind of like that, like, RPG day, you know? Uh, 
So Obsidian's cool, and I'm very eager to kind of see what they will put out, uh, especially, you know, doing games like Pills of Trinity, Fallout New Vegas, and now they have the backing of the, the giant Microsoft, and uh, I'm, I'm excited just to kind of see what they do. I think it was definitely uh, a good move. I don't think any of their studio acquisitions was a bad move for anything they've grabbed so far, so um, I think it's, 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 a, it's a good decision, and time will tell to see what they put out. Yeah, I'm super excited, because... Um... So I, I I wanted to make sure before I said it, but they also released the recent Tyranny, which is one of those like you know big RPGs that I really wanted to get into, but I just didn't quite have the time to delve into. Uh, I guess <laughs> my big hope for this is that some of these more recent releases, like I don't think Tyranny is on the Xbox, but that'd be really cool. But that's one of those traditional like isometric RPGs, yeah. so that might be difficult to convert into the Xbox. Yeah. Is it? Uh, I'm not familiar with the game. Is it just because it's a uh... Mouse and keyboard thing because we got that now. So <laughs> it's true. I don't. We'll talk more about that later. I. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah, so that's that's my my big hope is that there's a lot of Obsidian games that I'd always want to play but never quite did. Hopefully, acquiring them makes it a little bit easier to get some of those games. Although looking through it, some of those games look like they were like licensed games, so maybe not all of them will make it, but a few of them would be really cool. Yeah. Okay. And the second one, which was a shock to me because I didn't even know about this. I don't think there was any hints no towards did. this acquisition. But they also picked up NXL Entertainment, which is another like big PC RPG company. And their more famous titles are the Wasteland series, Torment, Tides of Numer- Numenera, and then the recent release of Bard's Tale 4. What is your history with NXL Entertainment? I have no history with them. So I am familiar <laughs> with like Bard's Tale and, and those sorts of games, but I've just never played anything from them, so... Um, you know, having the opportunity to, to play with the Xbox would be cool, and then just any kind of new things that they create um, from the acquisition and Microsoft backing would be cool to see. But um, yeah, I've never played any of their games, but I'm still excited to kind of uh, see them, you know, partner with Microsoft and see what happens with the relationship. Well, you know, what will be the fruits of that relationship going forward? Yeah, like I've been really feeling like getting into a new RPG. And I realize that these probably won't be for a long time that these games will come out. Right. But just the, the thought of like Microsoft acquiring these gigantic, or like these, you know, these big name RPG companies back to back, it's just like, okay, Microsoft, you got, you got quite a list of studios. I think you have the list up. Why don't you tell us like the list of all the Microsoft studios that we've got? Yeah, man. So let's, let's yeah, let's run through this now. So what I think, the, uh, I think it was like what something like thirteen studios. So, so these are all the Microsoft Studios um, that have been acquired, um, kind of, you know, the whole the whole gambit. So we got, of course, 343 Industries, uh, you know, what they do, uh, Halo and stuff, uh, the Coalition, those are the Gears guys. We got Turn 10, they do the Forza, Forza Motorsport Series, Rare, Sea of Thieves. Then we got, uh, I actually can't see it that good on this particular image, uh, Global. Was that one of the new ones? No, I think everything on the second row was the new ones. Let me... Okay, so you got Global... Global Global Publishing. I'm not familiar with uh, with what they do. Might have pulled that one up. While you're searching that, I'll keep moving along. So of course you got Minecraft. Uh, the the initiative was one of the new ones that were formed. Uh, Undead Labs was the State of Decay guys. Playground Games, the Forza Horizon guys. Ninja Theory, uh, you know, best known for uh, Hellblade right now. Uh, it's a hot new great game. Uh, Compulsion Games. I think those are the uh, We Happy Few guys, correct? Yep. Yep, and then we got uh, NXL, was, you know, the new one we just talked about, and of course Obsidian. So 
Uh, let's see here. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13. That's 13 Microsoft Studios, man. And what, half of those were acquired just this just this year? So uh, that's pretty impressive. That's insane. That I think that just really shows Microsoft's dedication. You know, ever since Phil took over, he, he listens to the community, right? Like, he understands, you know, people are like, hey, we want more more exclusive titles, you know, uh, we want more, you know, uh, single player and as well as, you know, unique multiplayer games that can only be found on, you know, the Xbox and Windows platform. So uh, it's cool that they're listening and they're like kind of, you know, saying, hey, this is the, this is what's going on. We're working on it. Um, it they've been saying that for a while, right? It's that, that, that we're working on it. And I think this is finally that moment where it's like, okay, you guys really are working on it and you're kind of not fucking around. So uh it's just cool to see that whole list so kind of looking into it looks like global publishing they just help publish like the second party games like games like ori rise sunset and crackdown oh okay okay cool cool so i guess they give that extra bit of support to push those games over the edge even though they're not like made by microsoft studios i see okay yeah and then the the thing we were talking about before we got on here is that they're really gearing up for the next system launch. Getting all those games now, I mean, oh, all these yeah. studios now. I would, I would see at least three years before we see these games start to come out. I mean, Undead Labs is still working on their stuff. Playground Games is still working on like their current game. But yeah. these other, I mean, we could be looking at like twelve first-party games at launch. You know, and Minecraft. I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. The the way it's gonna definitely be like a a trickle effect, right? Because a lot of these people were already working on stuff like. You know, see, Rare just put out Sea of Thieves. You know, Undead Labs just put out Save K Playground Games. Uh, and then the Coalition, you know, Gears 5 is coming mm-hmm. out next year. Uh, and then Tier 4 3, they got, a, you know, Halo Infinite that they're working on. So um, it seems like, you know, for a lot of these, either something just came out or it's coming out next year. So I think we will see a steady release of games. And I'm sure the Microsoft is trying to, like, you know, strategically place a lot of releases. So maybe some of these, some of these companies are working on like uh you know smaller games maybe there's, there's certain companies it's like hey it only take two years to make a, a smaller game versus you know the initiative which might take five you know four or five years to make just some like you know mega just ridiculously massive game you know what i mean i, I don't know i kind of i this is just i guess as a fan of the genre and of microsoft in general i guess what i want to see is all right here's a new xbox Seven brand new fucking games right here. Launch. Xbox Game Pass, all of them. <laughs> I can definitely see Xbox Game Pass. I don't know about the number there. Seven <laughs> seems like such a massive number at the launch of a system. That's a huge number. Because, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, it's it's accompanied by third-party releases, so they kind of don't go too heavy on the first party. But, man, if they did some crazy number, like even five like five first party titles at the launch of scarlet like and then okay so so here's the here's the next question right like how would you really label that or is are these five games going to come out at the launch of the system or are these games that are coming out earlier that year that still had scarlet as the lead platform but Hmm. released on the one x one s first are we still going to call those launch titles or are they not you know what i mean so uh that's another question it's kind of uh, the release windows and what will really be deemed a launch title like this game is coming on the same coming out the exact same day the scarlet releases so um i think that would be an interesting thing as well because it's not it's not it's no longer going to be you know this this these new generations are completely different right it's no longer you have to have 
Like when when Xbox One and PS4 came out, right? It's like you have to buy this system to play this game. But I think the the days of that are long gone. Now it's and you can get this system, but it's also coming out on you know One X One S, right? So is it as in, as important to say like, well, this is the you know this game is coming out the exact same day as the system, or it you know will it still be fine to say well this comes out a month before the system, but of course it will be it will look the best system. Kind of like a One X type thing. I could see that happening, and I'm obviously that's mm. not going to happen. Most likely, these would come out one month apart. Of if they were going to come out in the same window, yeah. they would be coming out not. They would come out like spread apart. They don't want seven games to drop, yeah. and then like one of those games just doesn't get played because the other six are like bigger. Yeah, that's true. Games, yep. but it would be a cool move for them to do that. But yeah, I, I see them developing towards the Scarlet, like you said, and that, 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 that is a lot of good games. It's two RPG studios two studios that like got really into like their story ninja theory and compulsion people seem to really enjoy the stories of those initiative which i was that former crystal dynamics developers yeah i believe that that is uh initiative is made up of some of those guys and then some other people and i can't place them right now but there's been some a lot of people come from a lot of different like big studios that have gone over there i don't have a list in front of me but i know there's some there's some heavy hitters under the, the initiative so whatever they work on it's going to be fucking massive hopefully and that is that's a nice little pocket that Microsoft's got, putting all this money in all these studios, just like drop of the hat. Yeah, but, and it's cool because, like, you know, like I said earlier, it covers that they they it's like they're covering all genres. And I know at the show they didn't really that Microsoft CEO's head kind of said we're not really looking at it that way. But if you look at it, it's kind of how it is, right? Like they have a they have a studio kind of that covers the genre of something, you know, racing, RPG, shooters, uh, you know, the community multiplayer games. Uh, the small, you know, kind of indie devs that kind of work on those creative, unique, unique narratives or systems or mechanics. So their their range is impressive. Like it's it's gonna be wild, man. Seeing so much unique stuff potentially come from a uh, from Microsoft Studios. So it'll be cool. The fans will finally get what they wanted for a while, and that's a you know more a more wider range of exclusives than kind of the the same exclusives that we've always got. Which they're not bad, but we just want more, right? Yeah, I mean, you know my personal thoughts. I've fallen off of Halo a few Halos ago. <laughs> I'm still really into Gears, so Gears 5. I feel like I'd be into Gears again when that comes out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Halo Infinite, depend- well, I guess it depends. I like the artistic throwback. It looks like it's trying to get back to some of the older style. So Going back to the roots. Uh, I'm okay with that. That's what everything does nowadays, right? What? So people like, right? So. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Nostalgia rules. Nostalgia man, rules. All right, well, we have a long list of things, so let's continue uh, marching along. The next big one is that Crackdown 3 now has a release date of February 15th. will be coming out on Xbox Game Pass for Xbox One and Windows 10 at launch. And they introduced yep. a new multiplayer mode, which is called the Wrecking Zone. Which Wrecking Zone, yes. is like, I don't remember how many players it is, but... I, think, I believe it's 5v5. So it's 5v5, and it looks like the map is completely destroyable with all that Azure cloud-based destruction that they were saying this game was going to have. And I was very skeptical about how it would actually work, but from what today's video showed, it actually looks really cool. It's real. It actually looks really cool. It's actually real. I I, got to be honest. (laughs) Well, you know, like, however long ago we heard Crackdown 3, I was like, yeah, right, cloud-based destruction, get out of here with that. But, uh, that's a fantasy, right? That's yeah. just some that's some tech demo shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just saying that it's gonna look the same, but 
the Wrecking Zone stuff actually looks re- <laughs> really cool. Dude, I'm telling you, man, like, I was just, like, I even sent you that text message. I was like, bro, like, <laughs> cloud shit is actually real. And, you know, it, ah, it was just crazy to actually see it in in action. And, like, you know, they had actual gameplay of this, you know, just pure destruction. People running through walls, destroying entire buildings. And the, you know, the they had all the physics there. So if something fell and hit something else, it was reacting. And it was just like... Like this is pretty impressive, and you know, and it's all on the you know Azure servers, and so they 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 I don't know if you noticed that they really expressed that point of this runs on any Xbox, so whatever Xbox you're playing on, you will get this level of destruction because it's all cloud. I'm like, man, that's that's freaking that cool. is freaking cool, man. That's the future. That is the future right there. And you know, the, the thing that I was worried the most about it is like, well, what happens when they disconnect the servers to this and then that doesn't work? But it seems like with the direction that Microsoft's going with Game Pass and then the back compat stuff, it seems like games yeah. might not actually die anymore. I don't think they will. And I, I think Phil expressed that, right? Like, everything will always be like in that Xbox family, especially with them reaching all the way back to Xbox Original until you could play those games. I think moving forward, like no one should ever have to worry about losing the ability to game, especially with the way platforms work now. Like, and I think it is, it's just going to get easier for systems, even like you know, 15 years from now, to still be able to play like that Xbox One game you bought. You know, which is really cool. So I could see this actually working out yeah. as long as I guess as long as Microsoft has money, and I don't see them losing money anytime soon. So that will be coming out on February 15th, as well as like 20 other games in the same time frame. And then, mm-hmm. oh, one you... thing I did want to want to mention about the about that Crackdown Three too. Okay. Um, you know the focus was on multiplayer today, but I, he did have that kind of offhand comment saying that the campaign was like traditional Crackdown, like you remembered. Um, and I even saw like a screenshot somewhere online that the like the stats page. So if, you, if you've ever gone on the Xbox and looked looked at your like achievements page, they usually have stats on there for like for games to track stuff. And someone saw the Crackdown Three page and. Uh, some of the stats for like agility orbs collected and stuff like that. So it looks like the campaign will have that traditional crackdown feel, and I'll definitely look forward to seeing more of that, especially that little Terry Crews ad they had for uh, crackdown. You know, actually, the most was actually introduced, so that was pretty cool. That's pretty good. I like I like Terry Crews in pretty much anything he's in. So yeah, that ad yep. was pretty good. So <laughs> I guess that's good news. My favorite part of Crackdown One was collecting ability agility orbs. So. <laughs> Glad that's oh, coming man, back. That's all about. <laughs> that addictive man. That's that, that's that addictive feature of that game. It's like man, I gotta keep collecting so I get faster and can jump higher. All that shit. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. But after seeing this and kind of seeing some campaign clips before and kind of them talking about it and seeing like they're getting more confident about it, it, it makes me. I'm getting a little bit more excited about it because before I probably just didn't really care, but now I'm actually like, oh man, I'm actually kind of excited for Crackdown. I feel like they've gone through multiple. Uh versions of this game right like at a point of time they didn't even have terry cruz and he appeared in an advertisement and i think people got really yep. excited about that and they're like oh maybe 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 we should put terry cruz in the game <laughs> and now he there is and didn't seem like people were too happy about the initial gameplay so they're like all right well let's let's push it back and let's make the gameplay more interesting so it looks good yep. and i'm excited for it i did not play crackdown yep. 2 at all and i played the shit out of crackdown 1 and speaking of that you, you can get Crackdown for free until November 30th, and it's Xbox One X enhanced. So make sure you pick that up free, before baby. November 30th. I should probably pick that up. Oh, I didn't realize it was only until November 30th. Okay. 
Next, and this part's going to be kind of hard because, man, these games move through quick. But they announced, like, a bunch of games coming out to Xbox Game Pass. So, leading up to it, they're like, yep. oh, watch out. We're going to be releasing, like, 16 games on Game Pass. It's like, okay. So, they announced the 16. I I think I'll just announce them all, and we'll talk about ones that stand out. We'll kind of separate. Yep. Which one was it? Void Bastards, because that one actually had, like, a decent-sized trailer. So. Let's do it. Okay, so starting on November 12th, you can pick up Player Nuns Battlegrounds in Xbox Game Pass. Oh, and before I forget, you, I, before I forget to mention, you can get the first month of Game Pass for $1 if you sign up now. And until January Do 3rd. It, sign up. I mean, I, I've been subscribed to it for a few months. I think it's a pretty good deal. I actually downloaded I like five games from there today. I don't know if I'll play them, but <laughs> they are now downloaded in case I decide to go to it. Okay, Player Nuns Battlegrounds, November 12th. And today, Thief of Thieves is going to be available on Xbox One and Game Pass. And you'll have to remind me what that is, because I actually don't remember what that is. Ooh, Thief of Thieves, man. That was, uh... Which game was that? Yeah, I, you know, I remember it had some sort of stealth component, but I can't remember exactly what type of gameplay that one had. Let me see if I can get it uh, pulled up here while you're running through the other ones. I feel like if you looked away from the screen for even a minute, you would miss complete sections of the Game Pass, because they announced them, like... They were, like, yeah, essentially, like... pretty fast. They were TV spots, essentially. Oh, here's this. We're announcing three more games. Bam, bam, bam. Like, oh, okay, I missed it. All right. Um, Agents Mayhem, which is that Saints Row sequel-ish, or it's made by the same guys as Saints Row. I was super excited for that because it looked like it was going to be more Saints Row, but then it turned out to be single player, and I was like, that's not how I play Saints Row, so I didn't pick it up. But that, Motocross GP3, and Thomas Alone will be coming out November 22nd. I played okay. Thomas Was Alone. Oh, real? I didn't finish it. I really enjoyed it. Real quick, but uh, Thief of Thieves. Going back, I just pulled it up real quick. Looks like it's a it's a stealth uh, based game uh, based on a comic book series. Oh, uh, very comic book style uh, visuals. Um, you know, it's some, looks like it has a very uh, good narrative. Uh, looks like it has a lot of story choices. Uh, so a stealth game with some with the graphic novel visuals and player choice. Looks like it's a uh, pretty interesting. So uh, that's what that one's all about. Okay. Uh, Carry on. Coming out free. Well, it's actually out, so... There you go. I should, Game pass. I should probably download it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in December, we will be getting Ori in the Blind Forest, Kingdom Two Crowns, and Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, man. All of those games. Well, take, uh, I haven't played Kingdom Two Crowns, but uh, definitely Ori in the Blind Forest and Hellblade. Two fantastic games. Hellblade, definitely one of the most unique and best-looking games I've played. That, that's just a... All around, it's just an experience, man. Hellblade. I'm glad it's come to Game Pass so more people can actually try it out. We might have kind of been wary of actually paying to buy it, but this this is cool that everyone will get a chance to actually, you know, download it for free if they have Game Pass and, and give that game a shot because, damn, it's a good game. I'm, like, right at the end of that game and I haven't finished it. I don't know why. I, just, Dude, I, I need to just sit down and finish it. I have it on the PC. I'd be really interested in seeing how well it runs on the One X. So part of me is, like, maybe I should wait, but... I get much better audio quality from my PC as opposed to streaming my Xbox to my PC. So I might just finish that on True the that. PC. But yeah, you should definitely check that out. And this gives me an opportunity to try Ori in the Blind Forest, which I also never got a yeah. chance to play. Another great game, man. Another great game. Okay. They also announced a bunch of new games that are coming to Game Pass through the ID at Xbox program. And I had mentioned before, that was the part I was most excited about because I really love these indie titles. So we are going to be getting... As they start coming out through the holidays, Aftercharge, Supermarket Shriek, 
Mutant Year Zero, Pathologic 2, The Good Life, Void Bastards, and Secret Neighbor. Yeah, that's a that's a roster right there, man. A lot of very unique games. Um, the the Good Life seemed uh, pretty interesting, as well as uh, the quirkiness of Supermarket Shriek. That's just so random. People come up with these random games, but it looked interesting. Um, and then Pathological. Um, I, I do like the survival thriller horror type games. So I'm definitely check out uh, Pathological too. Never played whatever Pathological one is, but I'll check out the second one. It's part of Game Pass. So. For those of you that do not know what The Good Life is, it is the new RPG being developed by Swery, and it is a game where you come to this town, and then I believe at night, you turn into a cat. Yep. That's pretty much sums up that trailer. <laughs> it just looks bizarre. It looks awesome. Very interesting. And it said, uh, I don't really know all the mechanics, but like, you know, saying, uh, you, you know, you're trying to make a living, like you're like a photographer, so you're like taking pictures and stuff like that. It looked interesting. I was, I was on board. I believe you're trying to solve the mystery of this town. You play as the main character named Naomi. In order to pay off her debt, she took a job from a newspaper company in New York and moved to the happiest town in the world. This game chronicles all the bizarre things she experiences during her time in the town. Like the fact that at night, everyone in the town turns into cats and dogs once a month. That's so random. <laughs> this is such a bizarre like game. Kitty version of like a Cthulhu story or something. <laughs> so, yeah, those those look really good. And then Void Bastards, the trailer that they showed for that looked really good and looked like a game that I will invest lots of time into. Yeah, they like the art style of uh, Void Bastards for sure. And he mentioned uh, um, developed by one of the creators. I don't know which Bioshock. Uh, but that was cool. Uh, I think all the Bioshock's pretty cool. So whichever one, that came, whichever one the the guy came from, uh, that, that's pretty sweet. I'm trying to say Jonathan Shea, who was one of the co-founders of Irrational. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I just like it because it looks like Borderlands mixed with FTL, and that's just the vibe I got from it. And I'm I'm like super into that. And then yes, yeah, cool vibe. Do we mention uh, that the sequel to Ori? Ori and the Will of the Wisps oh, is coming And then that's the last uh, part of this uh, little soon. section. Ori and the Will of the Wisps will be unavailable on Xbox Game Pass when it releases in 2019. That's cool, man. That's awesome. That's so crazy, like getting new releases on Game Pass. It's so cool, though. It still, yeah, it still shocks me that I spend any money on video games yeah. because I got Forza for free, and I'm going to get Crackdown for free, and I'm going to get Ori for free. And like, all the, like, for all free. the games I want to play... <laughs> Are like coming out for free, but yet I I bought Red Dead yep. and all these other games. I don't know why. Why do I do those things? <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's such a such a crazy deal, man. Game, they, and and they had there's. I mean, at a point you're like, man, how, how massive is this Game Pass catalog going to actually get? Like, it's added 16 titles today. I know those titles kind of cycle out, but um, they don't cycle out that quick. So to have like another 16 and already massive catalog is just kind of impressive. Um, and it, like you, and I think you mentioned this when we were talking earlier. Like they must be doing pretty well with Game Pass sales to be able to have such a massive catalog to offer. Yeah, and holy shit, that entire show was just a gigantic advertisement for Xbox Game Pass. Pretty much. <laughs> Which I mean, it's cool because it's a. I don't know. I as someone who has that extra amount of money to just throw around, you know, it's a pretty good deal. And if you're gonna get even one of yeah. these games a year, it's worth it. Yeah. I don't know. Or is it two? I can't remember how the math worked out. One? What's it? Ten bucks a month, right? Okay, yeah, so, so then if you, if you get two, two games, then yep. it would even out. Yep. Also, exactly. I never would have played State of Decay 2 unless it was free, and I really enjoyed that game. 
So yeah, that game was cool. That game was fun. I don't think I beat it as many times as you did, but uh, it was a cool game though. I did enjoy it. I'm on my third playthrough. I'll probably pick it up again when this new update comes out, which we'll talk about later. But before we get hey, into that, real quick, real quick, before you go to the next thing, because I, I don't think this is actually going to be mentioned anywhere on the on the article we're, we're referencing for this, but because uh, you mentioned kind of like how the show was kind of like this like massive ad for Game Pass. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I, I want to bring it up now, just because you cause you've kind of talked about the whole show, um, but. Uh, I also noticed that they're really pushing the One X, maybe because it's like the holiday season, they want people to buy it. But I remember around the E3 time that they weren't really like pushing that fact of like, hey, like One X is the best place to play console games. It's going to look the best. And I felt like during this fan fest, like they were saying that like often, like, you know, One X is like, this is where you want to play your game. There was even that Red Dead 2 like offhand comment from one of the hosts, you know. Uh, so I thought that was like, it's like, okay, finally, like you're, you're like putting it more forward, like, hey, like you want to, you want to, want the best looking games, so you come over here. You know, that, that was, thought that was interesting. Well, it's you know, like I feel like all the reviews I had saw for Red Dead was like, I mean, it looks good on PS4 Pro, but man, once you see it on Xbox One X, you really can't do anything else. So I mean, that that that's just like bro. objective fact. The the Xbox One X is stronger than the PS4 Pro, so you know, literally everywhere is going to say this is the best place to play it. So it's really good advertising for them, and. I don't know. Seems like <laughs> seems like Sony can't even figure out their fucking name tag situation. I don't, I don't even fucking know. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's definitely interesting, man. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk more about some some of the more comments. That there's definitely some other things I want to touch on, but we'll we'll get to it at the end. So you can go ahead and uh, and, and move on to the, to the next thing here. All right. So they announced their Black Friday deal, and which was the best part of the show. I mean, that the advertisement with uh, Major Nelson was just. Which is perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But in that day, they said that all the Xbox consoles, Xbox One consoles, will be dropping $100. So you can get the Xbox One X at $400. And it, this doesn't say what the One S is, but I assume that drops from 3 to 2 Is that how much it costs? Yep, I think that's, I think that's right. Yep. Okay. And yeah, so there you go. They said they were going to be announcing more stuff going on later. The consoles, I believe, are on sale for a week. And I'm just waiting for them to tell me what games are going on Black Friday sale digitally, so I can pick up a few that I've been wanting to play. Yeah, they showed a few that were going to be 50% off, uh, and then a couple that were going to be 35% off. But I'm sure they'll have a very nice concrete list closer to Black Friday. Well, like the games they mentioned during that thing, they were like, "Oh, these games are like 35% off or 50% off." I was like, "Okay, but those are all Game Pass games." So at the end, are you just going to say, "Or <laughs> you can get Xbox get Game Pass"? Game Pass. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. It didn't drop. But I mean, the, I think one of the more interesting things I read about Game Pass is that there's I think Xbox had said that State of Decay 2 sold way more than they were expecting because they knew it was going to Game Pass, but it still sold like gangbusters according to them. Right. So they were surprised. I mean, bro, right? Even even Phil when they had that like initial like small talk with him, right? He's like we we've we've our data shows the people who have Game Pass actually buy more games. He's like even he was like, I know that doesn't really make sense, but you know, that's that's kinda what it shows. <laughs> well, I think I think I don't know who said it, but someone else mentioned during the show. It's like having a, a system like Game Pass gives you access to way more things. I mean, much like a Netflix would. Mm-hmm. I mean, Desert and I or I don't know. I, I don't feel like I would have gotten into like Asian horror as hard as I did if it wasn't easily accessible for something I already paid for. You know, right? True. Or you know, so yeah. it's like I I got Sea of Thieves for free. I definitely wouldn't have bought that. 
you know, I got saved the cave two for free. I wouldn't have gotten that. Right. So, so I don't know. I just thought you know, that was you interesting. You get to play a genre that you never played before, and you're like, oh, now I'm all interested. Let me go buy another similar game or something like that. You know, it's it's almost like I don't know. These games are almost free to play to me at least because I have the, the Game Pass. But you know, so I don't. I wouldn't mind throwing a few bucks at a game if you know I really enjoyed it. I don't think I have for any of these yep. so far, but. Oh, has State of Decay 2 had any yeah, paid for DLC? Now you pay for DLCs. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I thought. Oh, well. Yeah, and real quick, those Game Pass ads, those are dope, man. Like, I really like the Game Pass ads. I was like, see, this is what you should have been doing all along. Like, it, it actually reminded me of, like, the the Sony marketing. Like, how their marketing has, like, the real-life people. And it's kind of cool and cheeky sometimes. Uh, so seeing that format with the Game Pass was kind of cool. I, I did like that. And also showed that... uh. I'm glad that Microsoft is uh, expanding their horizons a little bit because I saw a lot of uh, similar <laughs> characters in those uh, audiences yeah, or in the Xbox game at apps. But yeah, I, th- I thought that was I thought those were well done. I didn't think anything was terrible about those Game mm-hmm. Pass ads. I thought it was pretty cool. I did like uh, how they revealed that PUBG was going to Game Pass, where it kind of like just the camera pan and showed a gas station or something that had the Xbox Game Pass. With the sign. With the sign, that was pretty cool. That was a smooth transition. I yeah, I did that. like that. Even though I'm not a fan of the game. I liked it. I mean, you got blackout, so. Okay. What we got next? So now we can start going over some of the games and DLC releases that they talked about. So they announced the DLC coming to Forza Horizon 4. It's called Fortune Island. And it takes players on an all-new adventure in the remote northern reaches of the British Isles, where they will encounter extreme conditions including fierce lightning storms, perilous cliffside dirt roads, and sweeping paved mountain switchbacks under the mystical glow of the aurora borealis in search of hidden treasure. Uh, This doesn't mention it, but there was also, like, light. No, no, it did say lightning. Never mind. Um, Forza players will also be able to drive all five of Ken Block's high-powered custom-built Ford vehicles from the upcoming... Gymkhana 10, the 10th installment of the award-winning yes. Gymkhana viral video franchise. I believe you are more familiar with that than I am. Fuck yes, Those will be man. rolling yeah, out so, to CarPass members earlier this month. And, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, as I say, man, that, both, DLC, both uh, DLC mentions for Forza Horizon 4 were really cool. That Fortune Island, man, that that looked incredible. Um, you know, the environments in that game already look good. So to, just to see that we have an some new environments to play in with like thunderstorms and all new to Forza, the lightning and the Aurora Borealis and just all that because the game already feels so immersive. So just having those new environments to, you know, just whip around in would be really cool. And then be able to drive around in Ken Block's vehicles, you know, Ken Block, uh, the expert fucking rally driver. And uh, if you're watching the Jim Connor videos, man, you know all about Ken Block and uh, all his vehicles and his just insane driving. So It'd be cool to whip whip those cars around and some the new um, DLC, and then they, and they partner real well because a lot of those environments they showed had a lot of like you know winding roads, good for drifting. Um, so very much um, perfect combo with the Gymkhana uh, vehicles. And you watch those videos; it's all about you know the, the drifting and uh, crazy driving. So you partner up uh, with those DLCs combined, and I'm, I'm freaking excited, man. Uh, I don't know if I'll pick it up, pick it up right away. But I'll definitely uh, want to check it out at some point because it just it just looks good. I mean, you know, that's it. It just looks awesome. Yeah. So those Ken Block cars are available in the Car Pass. I don't know if you can buy those separately. And then Fortune Island will be oh, part of the Forza yeah, Horizon 
expansions. I don't know how much those are individually. This one just says that you can buy two for the reduced cost of $34.99. Assume the 20 bucks each. That sounds that sounds something like that could be about right. Yeah. 15 to 20 bucks each. And if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you can get 10% off a bundle or individual purchase. Nice. <sighs> Look, I love that Game Pass. Okay. And the next thing, Minecraft. Uh, they were talking about the marketplace stuff. That's not something that I'm familiar with, like, at all. I look like they're bringing cars. People seem to be excited about that. And yeah. they're going to be bringing cats and pandas to Minecraft. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really play Minecraft, but I did like the cats and pandas ad. That ad was, that ad was actually pretty good. I did enjoy that ad. People but, in the uh, comments seem to be complaining yeah. that they have not said anything about the Super Mega graphics pack they had mentioned, like, I don't know if it was last E3 or E3 before. Yeah, yeah I think it was, wasn't it? Is this E3 or the one before? I actually can't remember, but that's a good point, though. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard about that in a while. I kind of forgot about it, honestly. That was I mean, like not, before K Minecraft, right? Minecraft world. What's that? That's supposed to be like 4K, right? Yeah, I think so. I think 4K Minecraft. I don't know if it's if it was a texture pack as well. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, interesting. They didn't mention it here. Yeah. So Minecraft continues to be Minecraft and make like billions of dollars. <laughs> it's incredible, man. So. That game is. And for so long, people still love it. They still have that mega event to turn up and grow in droves for Minecraft. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really play the game, but I mean, hey, it's cool to see a game that allows people to create. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Sea of Thieves is going to be releasing its fifth free content update called the Arena, which is an all-new competitive game mode that allows players to test their pirating skills in fast-paced, fast-paced. Matches against rival crews. Blah, blah, blah. Also includes a new tavern area together with a new trading company, the Sea Dogs, which will offer new goals, rewards, and opportunities to progress through Pirate Legend. So, so I know you weren't. I mean, neither of us were really fans of Sea of Thieves. Uh, you know, we didn't. I don't think we only played it maybe once. And I played quite a bit of the alpha, and I wasn't really happy with the release. Uh, but after you saw this this DLC, what were your thoughts? Did it intrigue you a little bit? Want to install Sea of Thieves or what? So I. The, I guess my problem with Sea of Thieves is so I played the beta and I really enjoyed it, but then we got the full game and it seemed like it was the same exact thing. So like, pretty much, <laughs> I was like, what's the point of even playing this anymore? There's like no new goals. There's no new songs. That bothered me a lot. That there's no new songs because I, I I liked being like the drunk guy on the ship that would just play bad music and you know sabotage the ship. Like I had fun doing that, but I already did that in beta and. I don't know. Doing that again in the full release didn't seem as interesting to me. But I think the way we felt about Destiny is the way that I felt about Sea of Thieves. Like, okay, I could see the potential in this yep. game. It has a good core gameplay, but it has like nothing in it. So I'll just wait and I'll just Empty see. Empty show. It seems like they've had a few updates that people really enjoy. And then with this new one offering PvP finally, I don't know why that wasn't, or like, you know, like an actual <laughs> PvP mode. Right. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna install Sea of Thieves, and if we get a chance to play it, I'll play it. That that's the way I feel about it right now. Yeah. But I'm telling you, AJ, if I go in there and there's no new songs, I'm gonna install a bitch right there. Oh man, I have a strong feeling that you might be uninstalling. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm spoiled, right? Because like that's not on their list. Because <laughs> like Black Flag, 
one of the, one of my favorite parts of the game was just finding the sea shanties and like unlocking new songs for the ship. And, you know, just riding around Those the ship sea and like hearing were songs. Really good. Yeah, they were, and I enjoyed that part of the game for some reason. That like I don't know, that bothers me. Also, the console version didn't let me turn off like motion blur or something, and that really bothered me too. I, I agree. Those sea shanties, man. Even to this day. I'll still go up and uh, on YouTube and pull up a couple. So <laughs> it'd be cool if they added some more and uh, um, you know just to kind of you know the, uh, fill it out a little bit with a little bit more content. But I, I'm like you, man. Uh, you know it was pretty much like an empty shell, kind of like a, kind of like a Destiny's. Man, the, the potential here is massive. Like you, there's so much. Like you can create an incredible game, but it, there's just no content. There's no good progression like i don't feel like i'm working towards anything worthwhile you know um but i will say that the pvp alone because i feel like even when we played see if these we didn't really run into that many people very often like very seldom did we run into people i don't know if that's changed since launch and that kind of thing but that's just my experience from alpha and beta and then at the beginning of launch like i didn't really see that many people uh but now you have this like kind of focused arena area where it's your your one of the main objectives is to fight over treasure that adds a, a, a new level of gameplay that actually has me intrigued because you know it'll keep it more fast paced and upbeat right because you know you can ride on the on the open on open seas go to locations and you might get might get a little stale but having that fast pace like you know load the cannons like all the time because like there's people right there all the time that that high energy you know fear of losing all your shit like just the chaoticness will be kind of interesting to see it's interesting enough to make me want to install it and and give it a shot and since they don't have um i guess it's it's a pro and a con right since they don't have that sort of like uh like weapon progression where it's like oh you got a stronger cannon because you're level 50 that we can kind of still jump in and play those i guess that's kind of cool uh but yeah man i'm I'm interested uh when when was that releasing the 2019 for that one this doesn't say just says early 2019 i think even oh, yeah. in there they early said that okay. they're doing their internal testing then they're gonna have like their external internal testing and then once they okay fix the game after that then they're gonna be announcing it so no rush i mean the game's on game pass anyways <laughs> and it's a free update i see us being so i see this being like destiny 1 1 destiny 1 was for us so Destiny 1, I did play at launch. I think I hit max level at the very beginning of launch and like the game first came out. Then never touched it again. Um, but then they had that like ultimate game with, you know, I'm not going to call it game of the year, but that ultimate collection or whatever with everything in it. And that was cool. There's there's just a lot of content and we, we went through it all. And I see like CFDs being that kind of thing, right? Where it's like, now that all this extra content is out, there's a little bit more there, some story, whatever. Then we'll jump in. You know, we might be a year and a half late, but it'll be a fun experience. It appears that uh, messing with my mic, I messed up my mic again. So <laughs> uh, my audio is going to be... Dang, technical, technical difficulties. I know. i got to stop doing that. I was, was adjusting the stand on loose, but apparently it disconnected the whole thing, and now it's all screwed up. So whatever. <laughs> all right, well, I, hear, I can hear you, so hopefully everyone else can hear you. Uh, yeah, should be okay going forward. But yeah, I'll, I will download it, and we'll try it, and I'm sure it'll... Well, we'll see. There was also the uh, Forsaken Shores patch, which added a new environment and apparently more dangerous enemies. So, I mean, we yep. might even be able to get into it now and have some fun with it. Yeah, true that. Okay, the next big announcement was uh, stated Decay 2 will be getting a new free content pack to all players called the Zed Hunter. This pack adds the powerful and silent crossbow as well as zombie, as 
Adds the powerful and silent crossbow, along with additional melee weapons, facilities, blood plate consoles, and gameplay updates like the ability to respec your skills all into the... I'm really confused cool. by the wording of this paragraph. That's why I keep stopping. Anyway, so they had mentioned that there was going to be a few more consumable. I think they, they said a bunch, but I don't remember what they were exactly. And then the crossbow, which works like any other crossbow. It's silent, so it doesn't attract zombies. And then if yep. break, you can pick them up from the zombies after you kill them. And then some melee weapons and a sword. They also mentioned at the end to watch out because they have something coming in 2019. So, Oh yeah, more challenging player experience. People have, people have been asking for that. So we're going to see some sort of you know elite hardcore mode or something. So I guess get ready. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's why I fell off on the third playthrough. Like the first playthrough was hard because I was still figuring things out. The second one, I was figuring things out. But the third one, I kind of... The same problem that I had with like Stardew Valley. Is I figured it out. And I efficient, I made it as efficient as possible. So like I started that map, I went to the first building, and then immediately got enough money to go to the like the mega building, and like right, yep. It was just at that point, it was just a matter of clearing out all the hearts. So I got yeah. So I really enjoyed State of Decay too. This might give me an opportunity to go check it out because man, across amazing. But and, and real I'm, quick, um, one one key in consume. One key consumable I do remember them mentioning was like things like being able to see in the dark and stuff like oh, that. So okay. I guess that's some of the I guess that's like some of the abilities that you might see. You know, things similar similar to that um, uh, when the update when the update drops. Okay. Yeah, I will definitely be keeping my eye out on this. I think they had another DLC. I can't remember if it was paid or free. So. Like, yeah, I think I feel like that that other DLC was paid. But I think this one, this one's free. So interesting. I can't remember. Did we talk into depth about Void Bastard? Yeah, yeah, we talked a little bit about it. I don't super deep, but yeah, we kind of like the art style. You know, you, you, of course, you, you mentioned uh, that that's definitely your style of play. Uh, but yeah, we can, you can kind of, you know, touch on it again because I know you're, you're, you seem like you're pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like the way the game looks, it's like it looked kind of like FTL. It reminded me of an FTL because you're like a spaceship and you can like choose the path you want to go on. And then once you yeah. choose a path, like you land there, and I guess each of the ship, or something. and then you're trying to collect supplies and continue going through, and that's just the vibe I got from it. And it just looks real, cool. it, like it has a lot of style in it. And as I think you mentioned before, it's made by the founders of Rational Games, so yep. expect some crazy shit. You know, I, I don't know. The strategy stuff seems really cool. The scavenging stuff seems really cool, and the art style looks really good. So I'm all in on Voidbast's third successfully since it's coming to Game Pass. Yeah, it's on Game Pass, so, I mean, why not try it, right? <laughs> uh, this is Battlefield Five, but I don't remember anything about Battlefield Five. I must have missed that. Uh, Battlefield Five was that just something that was, like, lightly touched on? I feel like I don't, might... You know, they didn't have any, like, special segment. It might have been a trailer or something like that. Thrown in somewhere. Like a, like a light mention. I wonder if that was like, here's all the games that are getting like all the Xbox One X enhancement. They had Battlefield Five in the back. Oh yeah, that might have been in there. That might have been in the One X uh, enhancement like trailer. Yeah, good point. That makes sense because this article like touches on that. So yeah, there you go. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know why that's a whole paragraph to itself, but we'll keep moving along. Uh, Devil May Cry Five. So this opened up. I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I guess I don't know. It's like uh. Two directors of Devil May Cry 5 have gone to Capcom's head office in Osaka and were showing off some of Devil May Cry 5, showing off some of the uh, gauntlet weapons that Nero's going to be wearing. And they showed off the yep. training mode called the Void. The cool, void. because they gave you a lot of options for, like, you know, unlimited Devil, whatever they call it in this game. Devil Breaker. Devil Breaker. And then lets you do different gauntlets. You can change so the enemy takes health or not. Did the enemy do anything? So 
it's for people to practice their combo so that they can get their stylish rating, whatever. Dude, this game looks fucking good. Like, wow. I, I mean, every time I see the gameplay, I'm just like, damn. Like, this shit looks so fun. Look, and then it looks really good graphically. Uh, but that void thing was cool. Um, you know, I I like I like Devil May Cry series. I really liked uh, uh, DMC especially, and this kind of has the same uh, vibe of it, which is cool. Uh, so I guess that'll make it. Uh, unfortunately, it's not a sequel to it, but at least it has the vibe, so it'll be fun in that respect. But it looks fast. It looks looks clean. Looks good. Uh, the void mode will be good for me. Uh, get some practicing because I'm not super good at getting high stylus rating. You know, I'm not like you playing on the highest fucking difficulty and stuff. But <laughs> it's cool to have this mode to train and get and get better at it. So I, I thought that was a cool addition, to, especially to add the customizable settings to say like, you know, oh, turn on enemy damage so I can see how much damage I actually do if I do this particular combo. Um, and then all the other different filters, you know, that, that stuff's going to be cool to really try stuff out and um, experiment. So and it's not one of the situations where it's like, I'm just going to keep using this because I know it works. Now I can just go try everything and be like, okay, I actually really like this and this. I'll put these things, I'm going to chain these things. So that's dope. That's cool they added this this void mode feature. So every time I see a trailer for Heart, Devil May Cry 5, my, uh, my heart breaks because I'm such, <laughs> such a fan of DMC and felt okay about Devil May Cry 4. And so I expected to, and I know that there was a rumor of that and then it got canceled. And now it looks like this, it's Devil May Cry 5, you know, the sequel to 4. And, you know, it looks like it's going to star Nero. A character I wasn't a huge fan of, instead of Dante, <laughs> the character that I played Devil May Cry games for. So, I mean, the game will probably be fine. I enjoyed the combat of 4. Yeah. I enjoyed the Dante segments way more in 4. And so I guess that's what I'm worried about. I don't see it as like a Raiden versus Snake thing, because Nero has a different style of play than Dante does, even if it's slight. right. So, we'll see. The Devil Breakers look cool, though. Yeah, they do. That, that, that has some cool... I like the effects on all of them. I like the different utility of all of them. So I think that'll be be cool to have things for different situations. And uh, yeah, man, it it looks good. It looks promising. I put it that way. I'm I'm eager to try. Every time I see gameplay of this, it makes me want to download DMC. I almost did it today. I should just. I wouldn't blame you. That's a dope game. I do like DMC. Uh, I beat the game on Heaven mm-hmm. and Hell mode, which I think was your one hit, but everything else is one hit as well. Well, it was the hardest difficulty. Yeah, I beat the game on normal. <laughs> <laughs> The next, difficulty, that. <laughs> the next difficulty was Hell and Hell, which is your one hit, but then everything else in the game is regular health. I was like, I don't even yeah, know if I want to do this. That does not seem fun at all. Now you're just torturing yourself. You know, like <laughs> at that point, you're, it's like you're punishing yourself for life. Like I'm gonna just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, commit game suicide. I'm just gonna go in here and just torture myself painfully and work my way through this entire game. And who knows how many times I have to restart. But you, you know what, though? You just made me think about something. I need to go on YouTube and type that in to see someone speedrun that Hell in Hell mode, because that would be insane to watch. I mean, and it's not like, I guess it's not one hit. Essentially, have like it's, it makes it more of like one of those classic games where instead of like a health bar, you have like hearts. And so like you have three hearts. Those hearts, you have to go back to checkpoint kind of things. Okay. Okay. That's not too bad, then. It's still bad, but I guess not as bad as it could be. Yeah, that game, I'm going to download. I've been wanting to play a game like this. It. It's, just isn't it free on Game Pass? Play. Is that on Game Pass? I know it used to be. I, I think, think. Like I don't know if it's still there. I should but... download it then. Almost. There you go. <laughs> You're going to think this is funny. I almost bought Nier yesterday. Ah, I don't know interesting. Why. Yeah, I yeah that's PC. actually really interesting. 
And it's actually not cheap on the Xbox, so that's <laughs> very surprising that you were about to make that decision. I was like, well, you know, I have this Xbox One like, X. Let me see the power. I kind of want to play it here. I kind of don't want to stream it for my people. Just did it. What the fuck am I doing? Well, buy... I mean, One X got some power, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> One X has some power. Every time I load up Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm just like, damn! I'm like, jeez. Like, this game looks so good. Well, the thing that stopped but, me. Yeah, man. One X no joke. The thing that stopped me was like... Okay, on the PC version, the cutscenes are locked to 30 frames, which you obviously break with the mod. So I wouldn't want to play the Xbox version, ah. and it's like locked to 30 for whatever fucking Ooh, that, That's true. actually what stopped okay. me from doing. Just play the mod version on Fair the enough. PC and get whatever. Fair enough. Alright, so I'll go download that. One of those games. Uh, the next thing they announced was they announced that there's going to be two additional fighters coming to Jump Force, and neither of those characters are any form of JoJo's, which I'm still butthurt about, because... Huh. That'd be DLC. You have to pay for it. <laughs> Just get ready. <laughs> so the two characters, work. two characters they announced were Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta, and Golden Free. Yep. Two characters, Super. Not much to say here. Yep. So I, I, I knew that Goku's version was called Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. I didn't, I didn't realize Vegeta's was as well. I thought his was called Super. I guess that my shorthand. Well, so like I guess the Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan is like the official terminology, but both of them go under like the the moniker Super Saiyan Blue because that's just easier to say than repeatedly saying Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan that's what God, it is. Super go... Saiyan sounds so badass. Because that's technically what it is, right? Like, they go Super Saiyan God, which is that kind of red form, and then they go Super Saiyan on top of that. So that's kind of what it is, but it's just, uh, just like Super Saiyan Blue, keep it easy. And but I don't keep think moving. Vegeta goes Super Saiyan God in manga. Does he ever go Super Saiyan God? I know he does in the Broly. Well, no, okay, I think that might be spoilers, he skips but... that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he does skip Super Saiyan God, but that's not that's not unusual. Right? Like he can, he just does that kind of shit. He can just like skip the shit and he's strong as hell. So he's just a G like that. But yeah, man, Jump Force looks good. I'm glad they're adding you know more Dragon Ball Z characters. I'm I'm pretty sure they know that Dragon Ball characters will sell, will sell you know will push units. So that's smart to add. You know, one of the like what most well known animes across. You know, the whole world is Dragon Ball. So it's smart to keep adding those characters in. And uh, I'm sure you'll get your Jodos in a DLC, man. Like, that's one of the, that's the thing with this game, right? Like, the DLC potential is insane, right? You, you have the whole, you know, jump roster. You know, you can, you can pull from anything and make DLC characters from any series uh, from Shonen Jump. So, I mean, the potential is insane. Yeah, just... Uh... Go ahead and buy the season pass and you'll get your Jodos. <laughs> I feel like at this point, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe JoJo's is not. Man, if you were wrong this whole time, that would actually pretty be pretty funny. <laughs> no, it I don't is. Watch it's JoJo's in Weekly Shonen JoJo's. Jump from '87 to 2004, okay. and then move Ultra Jump in 2005. Well, there you go. DLC, like I said. <laughs> I can't tell if this is the same company, but it was at some point Shonen. Whatever. They look cool. I like uh, I like Golden Freeze and Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta. Yeah, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Okay, jump. Just Cause 4 is... Well, it's Just Cause 4. Looks really cool. Yeah, it looks insane. Uh, one, I didn't know the game looked that good. And uh, the physics look uh, pretty insane. Uh, I, I didn't play Just Cause 3. Uh, watching that trailer made me want to play it. Um, Just Cause is one of those series where... It's like I want to play it. But I, def I definitely usually wait for the sales. <laughs> and I need, to, I need to play Just Cause 3. Um, just Cause 4 is like one of the first ones that actually looks like it's worth the full purchase just because it it looks, you know, it's kind of like I think Major Nelson said, that each 
title, it just gets more insane. And this one, like, the dude's car surfing through a tornado. Like, that is the most insane shit ever. So, uh, this might be worth a full full price purchase, man. It, but, I mean, it looks good. I mean, you know, they didn't really talk about too much new stuff. They're just kind of, you know, showcasing uh, things that we already know about. They're just adding more gameplay. And then, of course, you know, mentioning how good it's going to look on the One X. So, um, you know, cool little, little feature, I think, kind of showing off more of the game uh, with a little nice CGI trailer to kind of get you... I guess excited for the story, uh, but yeah, man, I, I thought it looked good. I might, I might pick this up at some point. When I first saw, when I saw the first trailer for Just Cause Four, I was like, man, they put all their money into tornado physics and technology, today. <laughs> and every single trailer we've seen since confirms that they really did put all their money <laughs> into fucking they... tornado technology. The resource dump into that tornado technology must have been insane. I can't imagine how long that took. And it, but I mean, it pays off, right? Because it looks pretty sick. Like stuff's getting pulled up. Got a nice cyclone physics. Uh, we'll see if it's worth it. It seems like it is. And if, and if it's, yeah, if it's uh, people didn't seem super excited about Just Cause Three, so if the tornado is enough to get people into, it looks good though. And yeah, as you were saying, it definitely yeah. looked crisper in today's video than I feel like it has in their trailer. Yeah. It really did. I was impressed. That's like, the power of the like, Xbox wow. One X. Yeah, it caught my attention. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Like it, because before it wasn't on my radar. Like I thought it just looked. Like, oh, that's cool. Just cause. But after today's, I was like, oh, just cause. Like, all right. You know, I might have to look out for this one. The next game that, well, the next game on this list, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 had one of their signature no sound effects, music, and voices, but leveled weird, so it sounded off trailers they love that for some reason i don't know why square likes that but they do so anyway they showed off that winnie the pooh is in fact returning and in the pooh 100 acre wood you are going to be doing puzzles and show more uh of the same ish videos that they've been showing before showing some big hero 6 yep. tangled pirates of the caribbean and they showed some fun stuff yes. as well yep and that's yeah that's they had some uh, other clips with like organization and stuff like that uh you know story bits that i'm not familiar with because i'm not versed in the entire kingdom Hearts lore but, uh, I mean, the game looks good, though. The game looks phenomenal. I definitely will play it, even if I don't know what the hell is going on. It'll just be fun to play, because, you know, like the guy who's... Like one of the hosts said, like, the game just feels good. I'm sure it feels good, so... I just, I'll just play it off of that factor alone, and it's, uh, it'll just be a good time. So I actually watched a uh, video telling me the entire Kingdom Hearts storyline, because, you know, like, the first two games were PS2, and then there's one for the DS, one for the... No, was it for the... Yeah, you're right. I mean, there was a Game Boy Advance one, uh, Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories. Called. Then they had mm-hmm. the D, then the 3DS one, B58 over two days, and yep. the PSP dropped. It's... Birth by Sleep. Birth by Sleep is PSP one. Dream dropped this. Oh, no, Nintendo DS. Regular Nintendo DS, I think, was 358 by two days. Then PSP was Birth by Sleep. Dream Drop Distance was a 3DS one. See, I can't even keep it straight. <laughs> yep, there you go. Okay, so in order for me to catch up on the story of Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> I watched a 36-minute story <laughs> summary by Suggestive Gaming, which I highly suggest you watch, because I really enjoyed that video. But holy shit, that but my question like 36 is, minutes. are you informed? When you watch this trailer, did you go, oh shit? <laughs> are you an informed Kingdom Hearts lore person, though? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and it's not too much. Suggestive Gaming's <laughs> fault. They did a very good job of explaining all of the things. And I went, oh, that's why people were like, whoa, when they saw the trailer, because this character disappeared right. during the events of the PSP game, but you first found out about her in the 3DS. It's like, I, how the fuck are you supposed to keep up with this fucking... 
So anyways, yep. that, that's my little shout out there. I, I, I did enjoy the video, Suggestive Gaming, 36 minutes. I'll check it summary. out. I'll check it out for sure, 36. probably uh, at some point before release. 36 that's insane. That is insane. You need that much time to explain this the story. But I mean, hey, look, we're finally getting a, 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 you know, a console entry, and I'm just excited about that fact. And I know it'll be a fun game to play. So, uh, oh, oh, real quick, in that trailer, did you notice that moment? Remember in Kingdom Hearts 2, that thousand heartless fight? It looks like we're getting another one of those in Kingdom Hearts 3. That's gonna be dope as hell to see in One X. That was a heartless fight, Kingdom Hearts 3. That's gonna be so dope, because that's one of my favorite moments in Kingdom Hearts 2, doing that. That was a heartless fight, man, that was badass. So if you watch those videos, they talk about the, the which was in, okay. like, the whatever, and so that would make sense going forward, that that's, like, a component, a key component, because I think even in the, I don't know if it was, like, the first trailer they had of Kingdom, or in the post-credits for Kingdom Hearts, they showed off, like, all the key blades on the ground. Oh my god, are we about to have a key That was post-credits, let me see if I can remember this, post-credits of Final Mix, that sounds something like, like that's right. Okay. Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Maybe that's somewhere in there. Is to think that keyboard, Keyblade War shit. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't know if this is me projecting, but the phrasing they had during some of those segments, I felt like they were going to Kingdom Hearts come into Xbox, like all the original ones, but it did not. Oh, that was just a tease. That was just a tease, man. That pissed me off. No. I I mean, I will be honest, though. When I, when I found out that he was there, I was like, that was my first time. I was like, oh, shit. Like, is this really about to happen? Because I was going to shit my pants. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, I've wanted that so bad to get... Because I want to replay those games, but I just don't... I mean, I have a PS4, but it's just... I don't know. I like playing my One X, you know what I'm saying? So... Oh, yeah, me um, too. I was like, man, I'm like, ah, oh, I just want those games to come so I can kind of have the whole series on one console and, you know, just lead right into it and I can get achievements all on this one console... And so I, I thought for a second, like, whoa, dude, the exec producer's here? Like, this is about to happen. Especially when he did that thing at the end where it's like, oh, I got, I got something else I want to say. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yo, this is about to go down. And then he went on to Final Fantasy, which is still cool. But, yeah, no, no, uh, you know, no original titles on the Xbox for us, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's so funny that I complain about that. And I have, I think, all the Kingdom Hearts on PlayStation. I have Kingdom Hearts... HD 1.5 Remix and 2.5 Remix, which comes with Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts Rechain of Memory, 358 over two days, two Final Mix, yep. Birth by Sleep Final Mix, and Recoded. That must be a phone game. Recoded was the phone game. Okay. Yep. We even missed one talking about it. Yeah, well, while you had mentioned that, let's just continue on to that. They announced that uh, Kingdom Hearts, or not Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy 13 Trilogy will be coming to Back and Pat. Yeah, yeah. And they also announced that Civ Rev, Civilization Revolution, will be getting a 1x uh, update or enhanced Pretty update. Pretty cool. Did you finish uh, any of the 13? Uh, no, actually. I don't think I actually fully finished 13. I did really enjoy it because it was so linear and it just made it easier to get through. <laughs> That's so funny uh, that you I say know, that because the... everybody else. Because everyone hates it for that, right? <laughs> yeah. But not me because, you know, because you know, sometimes I like linear stuff. Like... I don't always want to explore a 200-hour world, you know what I mean? Like, I don't always want to be like, oh, God, like, I got to I gotta play this game for, you know, 80 hours, you know, 100 hours to really get the full experience. Like, sometimes I just want to, you know, be handheld through a story and just, like, watch the narrative play out. So when 13 was that way, I was like, oh, like, this is cool. Like, I don't got to, I don't have to do too much exploring. Like, I'm just kind of walking through and... It, you know, because I, I like cinematic experiences, right? Like, everyone trashed The Order 1886, but I love The Order, the order 1886. 
Uh, I'm sure there's people who probably would never play Soros Wrath, but I love Soros <laughs> Wrath. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that game's nothing but QTE, but it was so cinematic. I'm like, oh, I'm on board. Um, so that's just kind of guy, man. I, I, I can appreciate both. I can appreciate those linear narratives, and also I can appreciate you know the Witchers and the Red Dead. So um, uh, I never did finish 13. I don't think. I don't think I. I got pretty close to the end, but I don't think I ever completed it. And then I never played. 13-2 or Lightning Returns, which they've always looked good. I liked Lightning as a character, and I liked some of the supporting characters, but I just never like kept going with it. But now it's on backwards combat, and I think it's 1x enhanced. Maybe I might re- revisit it. Yeah, I need to play 13-2, because I hear that that's probably the best one out of the trilogy, yep. and it looks cool, and I've played the demo of it and thought it was really fun. I think my big problem with 13, because I did try playing it again and stopped, it's that... I it I think it sucks because I know that like ten hours in the game world does open up a bit and yep it is that's what I wanted to do I just wanted to go get to the, I wanted to get to that part so I could do a lot of those side missions which is what I really wanted to do and I burned out of the game before I even got to that point <laughs> uh, on my second playthrough I did beat the game when it when it was first released but yeah it's just like I, I think part part of it was like I just have to get through the grind to get to that point. I think that was really frustrating right. for me playing 13. I've been playing, I've, I played every Final Fantasy game seven on, and then I've gone back to play four. And so it's like okay. all those different games, like they they had bigger sections that opened up, but then would close again, and then would open right. up again. Kind of like Dark Souls, I guess, where it's like, oh, you have two options, and then but then you have to go through this next part to get to the next part, and then it opens up again. Right, right, right. Yeah, 13 just felt like it was too long going one path. I think that's what burned me yeah. out on it. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I, I, um, the, the combat in it was interesting. I just wish I had more agency over my player. Or I definitely like the party. cinematicness of the combat. I yeah. like that's one I really appreciate. The visuals just looked really good. Like especially at that time when it first came out, I was like, damn, like this game looks so good. Um, and so I really like the cinematicness of the combat. I, I really appreciated that. So, and maybe one day I'll go back and play it again. Um, uh, but yeah, man, it's cool that that's coming. Like I'm always, you know, anything is backwards compatible. Uh, but Speaking of Final Fantasy, you know, we got, what's, uh, 7, 9, 10, and 10, 2 coming? 2019? 12 as well? I know that was news before. Yeah, 12, 2. I know this was announced before, but you know, I just kind of reiterated it. Just want to touch there. And it was, it's just cool that all these games are coming to the Xbox uh, for the first time as well. How many different systems am I thinking about Final Fantasy 7 on? I mean, you might as well do it, man. Get it on one more. <laughs> it's funny. I called my parents today. And I was telling my dad about the PlayStation Classic that's coming out. He's like, does it have Final Fantasy VII? I always wanted to beat that game. I was like, oh, it sure does. And he's like, did you ever beat that game? <laughs> I was like, I've beaten that game a few times. <laughs> so that's I, crazy. I really I've never, it. I've never finished that game. I've oh. never finished it. Um, like, even because I owned it. I've, I owned it in PS1 days, but it was just so intimidating. I mean, how many discs did that thing come on? It was like, what, four discs in that package or something like that? It was, it was just too much. I just could never four, finish it. Four. Yeah, that was a mega box. Four discs. This is a massive game. Could never finish it. It was cool. I just could never complete it. I'm pretty sure I still have that, that, that game somewhere. Uh, my parents had it. Uh, I had to pull it out one day just for nostalgia to look at it and be like, oh, never finished this. This massive game. It's funny because I considered buying it on the Switch. What am I doing? I have it on the PlayStation. Dang, I have it on the PC. System. Why am I gonna get this on? I'm trying to. I want to get one. Get on Switch, then get on the Xbox. I want to get one RPG for my Switch, and I don't know which one to get. Why don't you get one of those like exclusive, like Octa Traveler or something that's more exclusive to Switch? I guess because I, I was thinking about it. Like I, I want to get one. Or RPG Xenoblade for Chronicles or something. Is that is that Switch? 
I think that's yes, that's on Switch. I was I was yeah. torn between Octopath, World of Final Fantasy, or Dragon Quest. I want one because okay. I know if I buy two, I'm not gonna play one of them. I just haven't decided yet. I'm also gonna wait and see if Black Friday pops anything up, but. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I don't know. Nintendo doesn't like putting shit on sale, so you might be shit out of luck. That is also true. I almost bit the bullet on yep. World of Final Fantasy. I don't know. I'm just like, man, what if I don't like it? What if it's too simple? Like how I've been feeling about Pokemon Let's Go Eevee leading up to its release. Like, <laughs> Well, you got some tough decisions, man. You got to think on that. Because Switch, Switch games are not cheap. <laughs> they will not be cheap, like ever. Never. I mean, you can go look at what some of these old Nintendo titles, and they're still expensive as hell, so... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever goes on sale, even though it's old. All right, well. Let's, but anyway, uh, what we got next? What let's, we got? let's continue on. So they discuss more details about the next DLC coming out for Tomb Ra- Shadow of the Tomb Raider called The Forge. Ooh. And the cool thing about this game is you can play co-op with her friend Abby, and you can journey together through the fiery tower of the Forge. So cool, man. Like, I've played both Tomb Raiders, uh, the, the, the reboot Tomb Raider and the Rise of the Tomb Raider. I have not played Shadow yet. But the fact that you can play co-op in a challenge tomb is so dope. That is a cool idea, and I hope that it has like a lot of cool uh, co-op puzzles in there because that'll that'll just be really interesting. I did download Rise. That was one of the game bunch of games that I bought or downloaded on Game Pass the other day. Rise is so good, man. Yeah, such heard, a good game. I really enjoyed Rise. I'm, I'm ex- so good, man. Especially excited to see what it looks like on the X. I heard that one looks. Really oh, you're good in on the for X. a treat. You are in for a treat, my friend. And Wink and a nod. You get a 4K TV this Black Friday. You'll be even, <laughs> you'll be even in for more of a treat. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I just had to fix my car. I don't know if a brand new TV is on the. Uh, on just the saying, you know, because right now you don't know you don't know shit about 4K. But I promise you, the moment that you fucking load up something like Rise or Red Dead Redemption 2, you'll be like, Jesus Christ, what what have I been missing? <laughs> I told you, I want a 4K HDR like, monitor with free sync and 144 hertz. <laughs> and I don't know if I can get that. Well, it's $20, you, don't even, you don't even play on that that much. You're always playing on your other TV, right? So, I mean, it's pointless anyway. You, you don't need that right now. <laughs> you get a regular 4K TV. <laughs> there you go. So we'll see. Yeah, um, what we got next? What's next up? is Keep they, they talked about the keyboard mouse support, and that will be coming next week. Cool. The Fortnite Warframe. Bomber Crew, Deep Rock Galactic, Strange Brigade, Vermintide 2, War Thunder, Exmorph Defense, Children of Morta, Daisy, Minion Master, Moonlighter, Vigor, Warface, and Wargroove will all be getting keyboard mouse support either today, or either in November, or at coming in the future. Yeah, I'm all about this, bro. This is cool. This is adding keyboard mouse support, just more ways to play, especially for games that will benefit from it. Like, I think that's awesome. They also announced that Razer was going to be an exclusive partner. And they will be shipping a Xbox design mouse and keyboard, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I doubt you. Yeah, you do not need to official Xbox mouse and keyboard, but yep, you can use your own uh, USB enabled enabled stuff. So you're good there. Did they say that like it's going to be like an LED keyboard and it'll like have your health bar on there? I feel like someone said. That. Yeah, so they did. So the Razer, uh, you know the the official partner of Razer Xbox keyboard and mouse. Uh, we'll have that dynamic lighting feature where, um, you know, it'll be, I, I'm assuming it's going to be like full RGB uh, lighting on there. And then the developers can kind of take advantage of that and use that for in-game cues. The example that they used was uh, uh, for Vermintide 2. Um, they said uh, the developers are implementing a feature where when one of your uh, partners goes down, 
that your keyboard would flash red, indicating, okay. hey, you got a down teammate. So, um, yeah, features like that are cool, man. So that, that dynamic lighting will just kind of, I think, enhance the gameplay. Uh, you know, I, I think it could be used on a lot of different things. And I, I wish that that feature could be implemented outside of just keyboard and mouse. I'd really like to see it in, like, a like LED strip system as well. Like, I, I think that would be cool if I could... Like pluck up an LED strip and the game could recognize it and I could use it that way. I mean, I know that's asking for a lot, but it'd be cool if I can get that like dynamic lighting outside of just mouse and keyboard um, for controller users. But it's still dope. I think that that'll be a, a, a cool feature to have just as an extra. As, a, as an extra reason, I guess, to get that Razer branded Xbox uh, keyboard and mouse. So, cool feature. They also mentioned, the Fortnite devs said, mentioned specifically that in their game if it will be put input based matchmaking so controller users i believe that they won't be paired up against keyboard mouse users precisely so um they have a system which is so smart this is genius they have a system that detects your input uh method and then they match you up accordingly so for anyone who is afraid like holy shit like i'm fighting a you know a mouse user with a controller like i'm gonna get destroyed yeah you you absolutely would get destroyed <laughs> so they're making sure that they're keeping it fair and uh have input-based matchmaking, so controller users, you will only fight controller other controller users. Uh, Fortnite, and I'm sure a lot of other games will probably implement that for any game that has, you know, a PvP competitive, uh, you know, uh, matchmaking. I and uh, just to add to that too, yep. And um, just to kind of round that out, uh, for that Xbox keyboard and mouse, I see looks like it'll be formally introduced because they didn't they did not show what it looks like at all uh, here, but they said they're going to formally introduce it at CES. Uh, in January 2019, so look out for that. I feel like I've been getting more and more excited about CES over the last couple of years than I have ever. Well, I feel like, man, the tech for everything's advancing. And, uh, like, I feel like there's just more reason to tune in. There's so many people doing so many cool things with, you know, gaming, because now you have a lot of VR stuff that, that usually comes. AR and VR stuff usually comes to CES, and you have your, your uh, you know, um, your TV and uh, viewing products, like, of that nature. So, I feel like every yeah, like you said, every year it's just more cool tech, more you know, independent companies working on all this interesting stuff. So it's it's CS definitely getting bigger, man. I think more people are definitely tuning in and being aware of you know the 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 tech trends and the up to, upcoming uh, tech curves and you know stuff that's a little bit further out, but still exciting, you know. I think it's the Internet of Things that really gets me hooked into CES. Crazy shit, like. A water bottle that sends how much water you drink to your phone, <laughs> which I feel like I, I see, I've seen that in this. It's just crazy shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I tuned the CES for. Right. Or the TV that they had like rolled up and put in a poster tube or whatever. Oh, uh, see, that's my bread and butter, man. See, I'm a TV guy, so I tune in CES every year because I want to see what companies doing with TVs because I love TVs and I like because I'm a big movie watcher. Of course, I play games on a TV, so I'm a, I'm a little bit of a video file. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my reason for tuning in. So it's just kind of you know, you know, extra cherry on top when you know stuff like gaming related and and cool other tech stuff shows up. Yeah, so maybe we should do an episode. <laughs> maybe we should do an episode after CES so we could talk about easy shit. Actually, we, I'd, I'd I'm down. down to do that. Let's plan it. You right. heard it here, guys. Yeah, we'll come it. and drop CES. This podcast is still going on by then. However, <laughs> <laughs> right, we got next one. All right, so the next one is um, the next two are shorter announcements. Threw them pretty quickly. The Xbox Adaptive Controller, which gives lots of different types of gamers the ability to play video games, is launching in 17 new markets in 2019, including Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, 
China, Colombia, Hong Kong, Hungary, Israel, Japan, Slovakia, Mexico, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Taiwan, Turkey, and United Arab Emirates. Whew, I believe I pronounced those all correctly. So there you go. So more people are going to be able to get the adaptive controller, which I think is one of those things that Microsoft has done in there. Um, trying to get outreach more gamers was the adaptive. Yeah, that, I'm I'm fully on board with that, man. That's cool that Microsoft is making that initiative to allow people with any type of you know physical disability to be able to play all these great games that are coming out. You know, games are you know one of the most you know I think probably what the most popular entertainment you know medium at this point. So it's cool that no matter what sort of disability that you have that you'll be able to participate and you know join in with the with the community your friends and family go to play these games so that's awesome man i'm glad it's coming out to more um territories and you know people will be able to create more uh, companies will be able to create more you know gadgets and things to add to those to really allow people to you know to play uh these great games awesome okay and the next one is their hashtag hashtag give with xbox which is going to be a holiday. Oh, this podcast has been going kind of long. I don't know if I can read anymore. It's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag hey, give- listen. Thanks for uh, sticking yeah. with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Hashtag give with Xbox is a holiday timed campaign from Xbox that aims to bring the joy of gaming to everyone. Beginning today and ending December 9th, Xbox will donate five U.S. dollars of Xbox products up to a million dollars for every photo shared on social media about what gaming. Gaming together means using the hashtag hashtag give with Xbox. These donations will be split among four charities, including Child's Play, Gamers Outreach, Special Effect, and Operation Supply Drop. Um, cool. Down with that. I'm sure. I'm down that. with it too. I will mm-hmm. upload my photo at some time before December 9th. All right. What's what we got last Christmas here? The last announcement is probably my favorite announcement of everything so far today. It's one of the hypest ones, man. For us, for us, 360 bets, man. It's one of the hypest <laughs> right now. Xbox announced they're going to have Winter Ar- of Arcade, which oh man is like I guess their new iteration it's back, of the Summer baby. Of Arcade. It's back, baby. From December 6th yeah, to December much. 12th, we will be providing special incentives on select ID at Xbox titles to help you fill out your library. Tune in to the Game Awards on December 6th live on Mixer for more info. Man, Winter of Arcade. Awesome. That's so cool, man. Yeah, unfortunately they didn't announce any any games that will be in that lineup of Winter of Arcade. Uh, so we have to watch... You know, Game Awards, which, you know, Game Awards, they kind of have, you know, so many different reveals and of, you know, new stuff. So it makes sense. But I'm just excited that they're bringing out all their all their root stuff, man. Like, you know, I miss that, that like, some of arcade um, sort of promotion where, you know, they really highlighted these indie titles um, on the dashboard and kind of gave you incentive for actually buying them and giving you one free at the end of it. So this is dope, man. I'm glad this is back. Great way to push, you know, a lot of great indie titles and show off. You know, some of these some of these games are just made by one or two people, so it's cool that they'll be highlighting these and kind of giving you an incentive to support these games. And uh, I'm excited for the return, man. Hopefully, they keep they keep this promotion going, and we'll get a summer of arcade as well in 2019. That'd be dope. Let me list a few of uh, summer of arcade titles. So these were ID at Xbox titles that got heavily promoted during summer of arcade. Um, some of the more some of the critically acclaimed popular ones: Braid, Castle Crashers, Explosion Ooh. Man. Yes. Trials HD, the best Castlevania is. game, Castlevania Harmony of Despair. Don't at me. Oh my God, where's BC? Where's BC at on that? Please, come on, <laughs> come on so. Konami, like give, give it to us, man. Gosh. Lara Croft and the Guardian of Life, Limbo, uh, Bastion from Dust, Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, Dust and Elysian Tale, Reketeer, 
Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. That's not all of them. That's not even all the best ones that caught my eye. Man, those are all some great games. I forgot Harmony of Despair was a uh, summer arcade title. Oh, dude. I hate that I, I hate that I even just remembered it now. I hate you, brought, <laughs> you even brought it up because now I'm going to be sad that it's still not a backwards compat title. Man, for anyone who has not played Harmony of Despair, I'm almost tempted to recommend you just go get a 360 <laughs> and play that game because, God, that is a cool game. Man, we put some hours in that game grinding and farming to get abilities and weapons. Oh, man. And some of those items I never Good got, even though I nice. farmed the same level like a hundred some times. But did you ever get a, did you ever get a, a, a Monway? Hell, well, one. I got two of them. <laughs> yeah, I got two of those bad boys. Uh, man, there's, there's actually still levels we never even beat. Remember that DLC level thing was like the Super Nintendo inspired one? Man, we never even finished that level. It was so difficult. Yeah, those, those games were hard. But, uh, <laughs> that game was hard. Mm-hmm. So Metacritic has it as a 67. Um, yeah, not a, not a, I guess not a, a lot of critics did not seem to enjoy it. I guess I can understand well, it. It's really what? grindy. But It is grindy. God, that game, you play the same level repeatedly. thought it was fun. It was, man. If that game ever comes to backwards compat, backwards compat will officially be complete. <laughs> I wonder if that game is, uh, how many players can you play locally? Uh, locally? Uh, that was a pretty, was that like a five or six player game or something like that? Players? I don't know. Oh, eight? Might have Jeez, five. man. We could, we could fit the whole crew in that game. We need that on backwards compat. And according to this, four players split screen, or a four player local because it's all one shared screen oh, we're gonna okay. need a decent sized screen <laughs> we can see the whole map yeah so castlevania harmony despair was a four-player co-op castlevania game which was essentially bite-sized versions of some of the games and some of the levels and some of the more familiar bosses yeah cool game man well after hearing that list again gets me eccentric arcade because what that means to me is that the whatever lineup is in this winter of arcade these titles must have inspired them to want to bring it back. So there must be some good titles in there, and I'm I'm eager to see you know what the Game Awards is going to show. I'm sure the uh, the expectations for this are high, so you're probably yeah out. yeah they they wouldn't have they wouldn't have got that got it that hype like yo when arcade is back they wouldn't have been they wouldn't do that unless it was like yo we got some killer titles in this and then to save it for game like bro think about this saving the winter arcade for game awards caliber announcement. Like, you don't just show anything at Game Awards, because everyone's watching this shit, so, like, uh, that's that's some good stuff. Right. So I think that wraps up all yeah. the actual, what, like, uh, main news. So, I, I think so. overall, let's let's do, like, a like a wrap-up, any, like, final comments, anything you want to touch on that we didn't mention? Yeah, I'll let you go first. I know it sounds like I'm an Xbox fanboy. <clears throat> Not, but I, I really liked Microsoft's offering. I like the way they presented it. I felt like it was good balance, corny game showing, yep. and a little on the nose of the Game Pass ads, what they're selling now. Yep. But overall, I thought it was more whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I, I agree, man. This, this definitely felt like a for-the-fans type of show. I mean, of course, it's a fan event, so it, it definitely evoked that, like, this is for the fans. Um, and the, the announcements were good. You know, of course, I didn't expect anything massive going into this, but I was still satisfied with everything that was shown. From Game Pass to studio announcements, I feel like Microsoft is making all the right moves. Um, you know, I'm definitely a Xbox fanboy for sure. Um, now I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, I'll, you know, I'll call them on their mistakes, but I definitely really enjoy the platform. And, it, and it's just gotten better. And you can tell they're kind of trying to reclaim their seat as the best place to play. And we're seeing the, you know, the 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 groundwork of that. They're building the foundations. So. 
moving forward. And man, I, th- I gotta tell you, man, Sony should be definitely be a little scared because I think going into this next gen, this Scarlet gen, it's gonna be like some serious competition. Like, there's not gonna be, it's not gonna be as lopsided as when Xbox on PS4 first came out. That kind of like lopsided where everyone was getting PS4 is really bad thing like you know that bad start with xbox one i feel like that's gone and the image is definitely not tarnished as much anymore so uh they scarlet's gonna scarlet generation will be definitely microsoft's definitely fight and reclaim that that crown um one a couple things i wanted to point out man um before we close it out when phil spencer was talking uh there's two things that he said in his in his interview that he had with the one of the hosts uh two things that i thought can easily be overlooked but that I think are you know meaningful statements. Uh, the first one, um, of course, deals with Xbox and and power, right? So of course they dropped the One X and they they were pushing that a lot during this saying. It was the most powerful console in the world. It's the best place to play. And you know he made this offhanded comment, kind of saying like you know uh, we're gonna. He he specifically said like you know he's going through like the, the hardware catalog, right? It's like yeah, we got the One X, most most powerful console in the world, and we're gonna you know uh, continue that in the future. Um, so that lets me know that Scarlet is going to be a monster. Like, One X is already a monster, but that lets me know that Scarlet must be a fucking beast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, and that's just so crazy to think that these consoles are ramping at this speed of power. Like, uh, man, native 4K already, and now Scarlet will be stronger. It's like, you know, I don't know. I'm just hyped to see what level of power we're going to be talking and what that means for. Uh, future game titles um and the second thing he mentioned was their commitment to windows that was cool so he kind of you know mentioned you know improving the you know the the store experience and kind of improving windows as a platform to play the same games as the xbox and have those be kind of unified i think that's really cool because um you know if you have the capability to play some of these games on your laptop or your desktop especially with the play anywhere feature it's just another way to play uh, and be able to move your game around, you know, because maybe you're playing on the TV and then maybe after some reason you need to travel, you need to go do something else, you have your laptop or whatever, you know, eventually the cloud will come, you mentioned that, and you'll be able to just play play on anything and bounce around. That's such a cool thing, and uh, it's cool they're kind of going to go for this unified thing where Xbox will exist across multiple things, but it'll still be Xbox, and uh, I don't know, everything's exciting, man. Microsoft, Phil Smith are doing a great job. Love, I love Phil, man, and it was cool when the, ch- when the crowd started chanting Phil like crazy. I was all about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think this podcast Dang. has gone on long enough. He's speechless. Uh, my brain He's speechless, just... guys. He just, his brain's just like, I can't even believe it, man. Microsoft's just, they're, they're, they're gaining too much power. He's speechless. It's <laughs> yeah. too much power, man. You're going to have the strongest console, then you got all these studios kind of coming to bat. It's a scary combination. going to be some good shit. Like I'm trying to think of like what could be a potential downfall. They have Microsoft money. I don't see any. The, the only potential downfall, man, is if they make dumb games. <laughs> that is true. And and I'm you know these are great studios. I'm not gonna sit here and say that they won't make dumb games. It's still definitely possible that they make a stupid game. But let's just hope that they won't, and it'll all be high caliber, unique, interesting titles, right? The only one I'd be worried about is three. Four. That's like the only one that could potentially fall on. There is a potential for that, but after seeing Halo Infinite, even though we don't even know what it is completely, <laughs> I do have some level of confidence that, like, they listen to the community who was like, because I kind of, I enjoyed Halo 5, but I know there's a lot of people who didn't, and it seems like they listened and was like, okay, let's rethink this a little bit. 
So that alone, that they just didn't go Halo 6, lets me know that they're paying attention. So there's a better chance for them to do something good just because of the pure fact that we're not getting a Halo 6 and something else different. So let's hope that something different is a good thing. But we'll save that for another podcast. Like I said, this podcast has gone on long enough. Great podcast, though. If you've if you made it this far, you are fucking awesome. Thanks for listening to us, and we hope that you, you know, enjoyed the Xbox Fan Fest we did. And, uh, yo, leave some comments. If you guys, like, you know, what 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 is what are your thoughts? Did you like the conference? Well, I'm not even calling it a conference. Did you like the show? Did you like the special? Was there anything in particular was your favorite thing? Um, was there anything that you, that you didn't like? Uh, what's What do you think the future holds for Microsoft? All that good stuff. Let's all discuss in the comments. Um, but, yeah, man, at least for me, you know, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Anything else you want to add? You want to close us up? Uh, yeah. Uncommon drops. Thank you for uh, listening to us. Right, peace out, everybody. <laughs>